Hello, and welcome to Maine Golf Talk. We are your hosts, Zach Zonlow and Henry Fall. In these podcasts, we'll be discussing what makes Maine Golf so special. We'll be sharing our own experiences and knowledge as both players and coaches. We'll also branch out to discuss hot topics in the game and chat with special guests to hear their stories. All to keep you in the know and help you improve your game. Let's get into today's podcast. Welcome cool. back to a, another episode of Maine Golf Talk. We are joined by Evan Schiller of Ellen, Evan Schiller Photography. Uh, Evan takes photographs of some of the, the best golf courses around the world, and he also does drone footage as well. Evan, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It's really great. Yeah, we appreciate it. So you're down in Connecticut right now, we understand? I am for a bit. Yeah, it's nice to be home for a bit, given how much time I spend on the road. Um, yeah, where was, your, where was your last pit stop? My last pit stop was in South Carolina at Hay Point, which is on Defusky Island, just across the water from Harbortown. In fact, when you're at Hague Point, you can see the lighthouse at Harbortown. Oh, that's a nice spot, yeah. Cool. Well, the only way to get there is by a ferry, so it's kind of cool. Oh, very cool. Yeah, the 18th yeah. hole at Harbortown is, is special if, if you haven't had the opportunity to go yeah. um, for our listeners. But, um, well, let's, let's get started kind of with your background and, and growing up. You say you grew up in New York. Yeah, I did. I grew up uh, in uh, Westchester County. Um, I actually grew up, I had a father who played a lot of golf, and so he introduced me. He would take me to the driving range when I was young, and we'd hit balls and then eventually went and played. So I grew up playing golf, and I played competitive golf in high school and then college. I got out of college. I turned pro, and I played mini tours, um, played some events in Europe. Uh, you know, I went to the tour school a number of times. I did play in a number of tour events, uh, qualifying, on, qualifying on Monday. They have those Monday qualifying, so I got in from that. So I played tournament golf for oh probably from the latter part of uh, you know in the 80s till oh you know early 90s and then I worked as an assistant um, at a couple clubs in Westchester Quaker Ridge and Westchester Country Club and you know all along when I was traveling I would take a camera with me and just for kicks take photos of some of the golf courses I was playing and then I I remember by the wall in my room that had this little uh, soffit above there and I would put all the uh, photos I would take up there they were lined around the walls uh, so it was just for fun and then a friend of mine one time said hey you know you should try selling these this is when I was working at uh, one of the clubs and I kind of laughed at the idea because I thought you know I thought that was a big joke uh, so finally he convinced me to and I put them up in the pro shop at Westchester for sale and people started buying them and uh, that's that's kind of how it got started, you know. So were you twenty five? Were, were you like formally trained as a photographer prior to this, or did you just kind of have your own camera and just kind of went? I it? had no formal training. You know, my my mother was a she wasn't a professional photographer, but she was a good amateur photographer. My father uh, did some photography, but he was kind of a amateur uh, filmmaker. 
Um, so I guess it was kind of in my blood, but I never had any formal training. I had, as I went along, I made some friends with photographers and, you know, they told me a few things here or there, but I never really, I never had a class on it. I never went to school for it. I, I learned on the, I learned on the go, you know, from some of these friends and, you know, it was basically, you talk about making mistakes. It was a lot of trial and error and a lot of mistakes. It was, I remember when I first started, started off, I would take a photo and I'd look at it and it'd look horrible. And I'd say, that doesn't, I would just, I went, what the, I said, didn't look, that's not what I saw. So I just got curious about, you know, well, how do I make this look good? And this is before they had digital, you know, I mean, I, when I started off, I was shooting with film and I still have a lot of it in my closet upstairs. Uh, so, you know, the transition to digital now has made a world, I mean, a world of difference it makes life a lot easier. Yeah. So when you were out traveling and, and playing on these mini tours and then you also played in the U S open, um, you know, where, where, who were the players you were playing with? And then also like, were you, I'm assuming you were photographing or, or taking photos, of a lot of these golf courses that you were playing. I was, and you know, we didn't, it, there wasn't any cell phones with cameras on them then. So it was a lot different. I, um, yeah, I was travel. Oh God, I'm trying to think of guys. You know, t today, you know, they're most of them are on the senior tour. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, you know, guys like Brad. I grew up playing golf. You know, with guys like Brad Fax and and uh, Steve Lowry. I don't know if that rings a bell. And uh, you know, Jody Mudd and Hal Sutton. Um, so those are guys that you know, Corey Pavin. Those are guys I played college golf against. And, Although they were a lot better than I was, um, and I went to I went to the University of Miami, played golf. I actually played on the same team with Woody Austin at uh, in Miami, uh, and yes, he was quite a character then, <laughs> as well. If you know anything about Woody, you got any uh, uh, good Woody Austin stories for us to uh, share that uh, some of our listeners might not? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we went to a tournament. And I don't, I'm not, I don't think, I don't remember where it was. It was, the, I think it was at Florida State or it might have been up in University of Georgia. And we would usually have two rooms, two guys in one room and three guys in another room. Usually five guys who went on a trip. And uh, I was in one room with my roommate. Uh, and then Woody was in another room with a couple other guys. And he had these cookies. And we stole my roommate stole his cookies and we locked the door and he started beating down the door with a golf club to get the cookies and my roommate was about to crawl out the window because he was scared he was going to get killed. i mean he was literally hitting the hitting the door he was throwing his whole body against the door hitting it with the golf club beating breaking down the door because he wanted his cookies i probably shouldn't be saying that in public but um, those uh, those must have been some really good cookies to uh, to go that I, far. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, they were but, probably just Oreos. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you know, Woody was, you know, he was he was a good player in college. And there was one tournament we went to. And we played. Uh, you guys familiar with the game quarters? Yeah. You know, Corey bang, you know, bounce a quarter off the table into the beer, and then you can point to somebody to drink it. Well, we played quarters with. Woody and Woody never drank and we weren't supposed to be drinking them in these tournaments, but somehow we managed to 
get to somewhere we could. We got Woody completely hammered and he was <laughs> playing quarters. And, you know, he was, he was actually in contention to, you know, for the tournament in the last day, he shot 80. Oh boy. And our coach said he wasn't there. He had gone, he had left. And then the assistant coach came in the next day and he said, what happened to Woody? No. <laughs> Woody's never shot 80. I don't know. Coach, you had a bad day. It's funny. Uh, anyway. Yeah, there's some good names in that list. You said Corey Pavin and Jody Mudd. Jody Mudd was a, a Mac O'Grady disciple. We've talked about Mac a few times. On yeah, this show. yeah. Um, and I, Nathaniel Crosby was on my team as well at Miami. And, uh, yeah, still keep in touch with him. We're still friends. So where was the U.S. Open that you played in? Shinnecock. That's not uh, a bad place to be. Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a pretty cool place to play. And you're, you know, you're, you're one and only U.S. Open. Now, was that the one that that Corey Pavin won? Yep. No, no, sorry, that was the, no, no, sorry, that was the one that Ray Floyd won. Oh, okay. Dating yeah. myself. Dating myself. Yeah. Ray yeah, Floyd. I was thinking. I was thinking of that. Uh, was that three wood or whatever Corey Pavin hit yeah, on the last hole yeah. there? Yeah. I mean, guys would be hitting wedges in there today, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very very cool. That's yeah. awesome. So, so you got the opportunity to travel a little bit there, and I guess that just kind of, you know, uh, piqued your interest even more with the photography. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, I mean, I was going to all these amazing places, and you know, at first it just started off for kicks, just for fun. I was taking photos, and then, you know, I think once people started buying these things, I thought, hey, well, you know what? Maybe there's a future here. Uh, I didn't think I wanted to be, I didn't think I wanted to work in the golf business as an assistant or even a head professional. Um, so I just, you know, I decided that I was going to take more photos and uh, it worked out. Uh, so what were some of like the initial courses that you photographed, um, you know, starting out that kind of, you know, caught on. People liked yeah. the photos you were taking. Was it at Westchester? Was it other? Yeah, it was around? mostly it was mostly local courses in the area, uh, in Westchester. Um, you know, maybe some on Long Island in Connecticut. It was, you know, I, uh, I know I knew a lot of guys. You know, a lot of the pros and assistants, and you know, the the it kind of word spread. And so one thing, you know, I put some, you know, first it started off, you know, selling photos in the shop and um you kind of start off that way in the westchester area oh was uh, you know like sleep week westchester quaker ridge sleepy hollow uh you know there's another called white white Gill, uh stanwich um and then ridgewood in new jersey and now, so those are you know mountain ridge there was some courses in the area that i shot originally and then eventually to my surprise, at some point, they some courses actually started hiring me. That's when it really took off. I mean, you're not you're not mentioning you know your your mom and pop golf courses. I mean, these are some some big oh. name golf courses for those uh, for us in New England that know uh, you know yeah. what Sleepy Hollow is. And yeah. um, so you well, you know, growing up in the Met area, you know, there's there's so many good golf courses around here. You know, I mean, you can point yourself and essentially any direction and run into a really good one <laughs> and possibly a top hundred. 
And there's a lot of courses around here that probably could be in the top 100 that nobody ever heard of, except for people around this area. I mean, it's like, you know, for us up here in Maine, I mean, our season's so short that it's hard to get the the amount of Raiders to get into the top 100. I mean, there's, I mean, yeah, Sugarloaf's up there, but you got Belgrade, Sunday River. Uh, I mean, there's some unbelievable courses up in this New England area that just kind of, you know, aren't as well known just because of that. Yeah, I know. I've, uh, on the times that I've posted photos of Sugarloaf, because I mean, I was just, I was in awe of that place when I went, you know, it was in, it was early October and it was, the leaves were turning and I caught it right at the peak. And it was, I remember walking out onto that 10th hole and going, wow. And then you drive over to the 11th hole and you just look at this thing and you go, Oh my God. So I've told a lot of people to go. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it. Um, you know, it's, and it's one of those things that, you know, I know I, your pictures are amazing. They do unbelievable. Uh, you know, they tell the story, but it's still, it's not the same as going up, driving up to 11 and then finally getting that peak being yeah. up at the precipice and seeing the view you know, in person. It's, it's incredible. Every, I was there. Oh, I'm trying to remember when it was, but anyway, they, they, I think it was there three or four days and every morning I would go up there and, for sunrise because you know it would take a while for the sun to hit the rest of the course because it sits down but that t you know it's the highest point on the course by far so i would go up there every morning just to watch the sunrise and kind of hit the hit the landscape it was yeah it was quite a spot so when you go on these these photo shoots how how long are you at the, the facilities typically it really it depends on what they've you know what they ask for um if i have to shoot all 18 holes i generally like to allow at least i mean three days you know under perfect conditions if you know the weather's good there's not too much play uh, i can usually shoot all 18 holes in you know two and a half days uh, if i get lucky two days but i like to leave three days because you just never know you know with play uh, or, you know, you need, you get a cloudy morning or you get a morning where there's a little sun. It just, it takes time. Yeah. Um, and there's also shoots where people will hire me just for, hey, we just want you to come out for a couple of days and capture a selection of images of some of, your, some of our signature holes or views or, you know, whatever you see. So it just, it kind of depends on what people ask for. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming a lot of the courses, they want to set up like a, sort of virtual tour or photography tour on their website. Is that kind of what a lot of your work entails? Is yeah, they, together? yeah, they use it for um, website. Uh, you know, they could do a hole by hole. Uh, sometimes they do a hole by hole flyover. So I have to do videos of the holes. Um, you know, there was a shoot I did not too long ago where, you know, they wanted, they had three nine holes um, and so they wanted three holes from each nine and they were pretty spread out. So I had to allow three days to do it because, you know, just, so, you know, I shot video of three holes, stills of three holes and, you know, they'll put it on their website. Some, some places want video and stills of all 18 holes because they do a hole by hole still and they do a hole by hole, you know, video flyover and they use it for advertising for social media. 
um, ads, the whole, the whole gamut. Yeah. So when you look back at like some of the first photos that you took, do you like cringe at how they look or are you like, man, those are pretty <laughs> damn good actually. Both. <laughs> 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 you know, I've had, um, I've had people come, you know, this time of year is pretty busy with sales on my website. Um, so I, I get a lot of requests, you know, do you have shots of such and such course? And I do, and I'm, I'm he- you know, they were taken 20 years ago or, you know, <laughs> or, and well, first of all, they're outdated. They were taken with film. Um, and I look at them and I'm kind of hesitant to say yes, because then I have to show them these old photos. <laughs> And, or I'll just say, you know, yeah, it was 20 years ago, but they've changed the course. And you know, I, I looked at these things and they're not indicative of my work today. But there's some good ones. But, you know, so, so I both. I've looked at them and go, yikes, yikes. So for us, for us amateur photographers, what would you recommend? What are a few tips that you would say uh, if we were out on the golf course and we want to get a good photo? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of them. So a friend of mine who is a, actually I haven't talked to him in a while, photographer, we were, this is a long time ago when I was just starting off and he was a pretty established, um, actually a studio photographer, but he said this one thing to me that has stuck and nobody ever said, you know, nobody ever said this to me because the stuff that people say is usually the standard stuff, which I'll share, but this guy said, you know, you are responsible for everything in that frame. Make it interesting. So what it caused me to do was when, because lots of times when people look through the frame, they're all, most of the time they look at just the middle, right? And so the middle of it gets their attention. And what I got from him is to take into account all of it. So it, you know, it flows, it looks good. The composition is good. So what's in, you know, what's in the lower left-hand corner? What's in the lower right-hand corner? You know, is it still interesting down there? Um, So I've always made it a point to do that. Like for instance, you know, you're taking a photo of a hole and, you know, you're halfway down the fairway and, you know, the fairway kind of bends this way. Sometimes I make it a point to have, you know, the, the fairway, uh, rough edge or, you know, fairway little first cut, make sure it like will flow into the corner of the, of the frame rather than, you know, halfway. And that doesn't, it's not a, you know, steadfast rule, but, or not to cut off a bunker, you know, like half a bunker, like you'll show the whole bunker or, um, you know, sometimes you have to, but I just, I, it's caused me to take into account the whole frame, you know, and even subtle little movements, you know, to move, you know, whether it's a camera or a drone, just to make sure the whole frame works and it flows and it's inter- you know it looks it looks nice. So I've always taken that um, into account. Uh, it was probably you know that was probably the most important thing I ever you know I ever got. You know sometimes people will say, well, there's the rule of thirds, which means you know yeah yeah you've heard that one right? You know a third sky, a third is you know the middle. You know it's like. Um, I, I take into account, but for me, it's not a hard and fast rule because sometimes it's appropriate to have more sky or less sky or depends on the photo. It all depends. It's all situational. Um, getting height always helps. 
you know, elevation. Uh, you know, not everybody has a drone, although a lot of people do now. Uh, you know, if you're just doing it with your phone to crawl up on the cart or crawl up on a mound or, uh, you know, something like that, just even a little bit of height helps. Because, uh, I, you know, people have sent me photos and, you know, they took a picture from the middle of the fairway. And, you know, half or three quarters of the, of the frame is fairway. And then, you know, you see the green down there. And I've suggested, well, if you got up a little higher, you'd see less fairway. Um, if you actually went down the fairway further, you know, like closer to that bunker. So the bunker was like in the foreground and you didn't have so much fairway. So that's what I, he meant by keeping the whole, um, uh, you know, the whole frame being responsible for that. The other thing you got to think about is you have, when I'm out, on, you know, like you and I are on the golf course and we're looking at a, a scene. You're looking at it full size and in three dimensions or more, whatever your eye sees. Now you're going to take that scene and you're going to put it onto a computer screen, you know, maybe is 12 or 14 inches across. And it doesn't have the same dimension that, you know, your eye, do, or your eye does or standing outside, or you're going to put it on a phone. So you're going to take a scene that you see life size and put it on a phone. It's not going to look the same. So you also have to take that into account. Okay, well, how is this going to translate? You know, if the green, if I'm staying at fairway and I look down there and the green looks small in real life, it's going to look really small on my phone. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, those are some great advice. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, some of your pictures that you've taken, you know, I'm thinking Pebble Beach uh, on seven there with the waves crashing in, like, yeah. you know, your eyes kind of drawn, you know, not only to the hole, but to that, the waves crashing and it, yeah. you know, it's, it, it really gives you that kind of that idea of, Hey, you know, I'm almost there. And like, I know that you love your, your ladders. I mean, I think we gave you a rinky eating ladder and we were kind of worried that you'd uh, fall off the cliff on 11, <laughs> but. Uh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's, 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 uh, it's, those are some great tips. And I mean, you've got travel all over the world and video, you know, take pictures, uh, do your drone photography. You know, what were some of the key you know, your favorite places, uh, those, those spots like Pebble, you know, you had, uh, I know you've gone up to Michigan a couple of times, done, uh, forest dunes, um, you know, which, which ones really kind of stood out for you? Sugarloaf, of course. Appreciate that. <laughs> no, it, 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 um, you know, I know it's not on a lot of people's radar, but it was really, uh, really spectacular. Um, Let's see. Um, I always love going to Ireland. Um, it's just, I love the landscape. I love the people. The light is really, you know, it's really wonderful. Um, yeah, Pebble and Bandon are pretty special. Uh, you know, Bandon Dunes is, you know, it's probably the best golf destination, in my view, in the world. You know, it's for golf. It's... Um, you know, I don't know where you can go and get five courses that are, you know, go, I mean, the Sheep Ranch is new, but it'll probably be ranked in the top 100. I think it's just got voted best new course by Golf Digest. Uh, I don't know where you can go and have five courses that are ranked, you know, in the, that good and ranked in the top 100 right there. Um, you know, Pebbles, just, you know, it's wonderful. There's, um, you know, those are courses that, people can go play, you know, there's some places that are private courses that I've been to 
uh, like there's a place in Montana called the Reserve at Moonlight Basin, um, which is a private course. It's just outside of Big Sky. And it's a Jack Nichols course. It's it's at seven, it's the elevation is, well, it ranges, but it ranges from, I think, close to 8,000 feet down to 7,000 feet. And it covers, I want to say 800 acres, the course. Uh, it's like two and a half miles from one end to the other. Uh, you, can't, you can't see a road or a house from anywhere on the golf course. It's just, you're just surrounded by mountains. Uh, it's yeah, it's one of the most spectacular settings I've ever been to. Uh, there's another place in the Dominican Republic, also pretty private. It's have you guys heard of Discovery Land Company? Ah, um, uh, no. Yeah, it's a company. They own a lot of these upscale uh, golf courses, like uh, you know Baker's Bay in the in uh, the Bahamas. Um, uh, but anyway, they own a place in um, the Dominican Republic on the north shore of the Dominican Republic. And it used, it's, um, it's called Playa Grande. It used to be a public course and they bought the property and completely renovated it, upgraded it. Um, they have 10 holes, which are along the cliffs on the Caribbean. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Is that any anything like the teeth of the dog? Is it similar to that, or? Uh, it, it's on the same island, but that's about all I'll say for it. It's, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's pretty it's special. On this, it's on this. Well, you see, the north side of that island is much different than the south side. The north side, you know, they has these cliffs. There's much more wind. Uh, that's where all the windsurfers go. There's a lot more wind. that's have these cliffs. I mean, the, the course is built along these cliffs. You know, I don't know how, how high they are, 675, 80 feet. Um, you know, we got the waves crashing down there. And, you know, they had um, Reese Jones come in and, you know, renovate the court. It's immaculate. And nobody plays. I mean, literally when I was there, and they have this, you know, five-star hotel that nobody stays in. When I was there, I swear I was the only one on the property. Wow. Except for the people who work there. I mean, I played... Uh, well, I didn't, let's see, I was there for a week. There was a couple of days where I saw four people on the golf course total. And that was, <laughs> a, that was the same four people that played the day before. <laughs> Isn't that great when you go to these places and they're like these prestigious courses and there's like no, no one out there? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, a couple, I think a couple of Ricky Fowler's a member there and uh, a couple of the guys are hang out there. Yeah, it's beautiful. Perfect, there's nobody there. Well, uh, you know, we had to bring you on. I mean, we're huge fans of your work. Every time I go on Instagram and see one of your photos, I practically like froth at the mouth. I'm like, geez, look at that one. That's nice. <laughs> also, these, these uh, photos you take are just incredible. Um, so Zach and I actually put a list of five courses in Maine we think that uh, should be next on your hit list here. Okay. Uh, have you ever heard of Samoset? Yep. Sunday River? Yep. Belgrade. Yep. Kraut's Neck. Haven't heard. What's it called? Kraut's Neck. Haven't heard that one. Nope. That would be a good one. That's, uh, they have about, I think they probably have five, four or five holes right on 
the water right on the ocean. Oh, really? Um, wow. Yeah, or the bay there. I'm not exactly sure. Where is so, it? Where is it? It's just south of Portland. It's, okay. It's, I guess it's Cape Elizabeth, right? So I'm trying to remember the exact really? town it's Okay. In. Yeah, my either Scarborough or Cape Elizabeth. I can't remember. It's right on the line. My sister-in-law lives in in Portland. Yeah. Uh, beautiful property. Uh, and then Kibo Valley up in Bar okay. Harbor. That's uh, okay. That would be great right. with Acadia National Park right there. Okay. Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, Sunday River is a real possibility because it's now owned by Boyne Golf. Yeah. Um, and I've done a lot of work for them, uh, which Sugarloaf is too. Um, so, and I think they also, they have some deal with Belgrade Lake. I'm not sure. Anyway. You guys would know better than I would. Um, so there's a real good possibility of coming up to shoot Sunday River at some point here. I was up there a long time ago. I've shot Belgrade and Sunday River, but those, you know, you know, you asked me about some of the old photos. Those are some of the better old photos, though. So. Um, so yeah, well, I hopefully get back up there one day. So uh, where's uh, where's your next destination? Where uh, where are you headed off to uh, shoot next? Um, probably heading down to well, you know, there's not a lot of places you can shoot this time of year unless you go, you know, the southern hemisphere or south, you know, like Florida, Arizona, California, or even California's unless you go to the desert. Uh, I'm maybe heading down to Florida uh, later this month or in January. Uh, there was a couple of shoots I had this month that got canceled because of COVID. Um, you know, I was supposed to go down to Mexico. Uh, I was supposed to go out west to Arizona, but they got canceled because of COVID. But um, so we'll see. Yeah, probably Florida and then in the new year out to, you know, out west. Very nice. It's okay. It's good to be home for a little bit. What, where, where were you supposed to go in Arizona? Um, Silverleaf. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's not too far from where I am now. Yeah. Silverleaf and um, in, yeah, Cabo is um, Costa Palmas. New course down there. Well, I wouldn't mind going there either. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty nice. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> so, Evan, we, we usually wrap up our, our conversations with a little section we call the Wicked Fire Round. Okay. Um, so we got just a few this is your version of Faraday's uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know. He calls it rapid fire. Rapid some, fire. Some, some lame name. We got wicked fire. Okay. Um, that's much better. Yeah. So we'll run right through these for you. Okay. Okay. Um, how about the best least known golf destination you've been to? The best least known golf destination. You mean like a golf course or just an area? Yeah. Co public course, resort, Bend. Bend, Oregon? Yep. Wow. Okay. Uh, how about your favorite? That's just, I'm just, you know, that's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> no, I, I, I've heard it's beautiful up there. So, I mean, it is so, it is so cool. And that town is really cool. Yep. How about your favorite hole at Sugarloaf? Well, most beautiful is 11. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Were you able to play it too? Yeah. 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 Uh, your dream course to photograph that you haven't already. Uh, Tara Edie. And where's that? 
Tara New Zealand. Edie, New Zealand, yeah. Sounds nice. <laughs> Cape, yeah, Cape Kidnappers too, probably. Yeah. Oh yeah, that one. I've but seen I think yeah, Tara, Tara Edie is probably top of my list. Okay, and then your dream foursome: wow. living, dead, whatever, <laughs> fictional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good question. Can I think about this for a few seconds? <laughs> um, wow. Uh, that's a good question. Um, hmm. Don't worry, we uh, we edit it, so it's gonna make you sound like you uh, you had it right off the bat. Oh, okay, okay, good, good, good. Okay, good. All right, good. Um, no, you got you got to leave that part in. It's too funny now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, hmm. Living dead. Okay. Uh, Barack Obama. Um. Probably Tiger. Maybe Bobby Jones. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. We were waiting for Woody Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I've already played with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, Evan, we, uh, we appreciate you coming on today and uh, recording with us. Um, if our listeners wanted to buy any of your prints, uh, get a hold of you, uh, where do they go? Where do they, uh, they find you? My website is golfshots.com um golf golfshots.com and there's a there's an online store where people can buy prints uh they can also buy my 2021 calendar there yeah um and there's still some calendars available yeah i mean your, your calendar is amazing i remember uh you sent us a couple oh. copies when uh when you featured Sugarloaf in it. And I mean, I think we've, yeah. we've gotten one every year since. And uh, for our listeners, if you guys want uh, some inspiration as to where to go for your next golf destination, uh, make sure you get that calendar. Cause like I said, it's uh, it's spectacular. You get some uh, incredible golf courses and some incredible views. So uh, check out golfshots.com and uh, make sure you guys pick up those 21 calendars uh, before they uh, get sold out. Uh, so Evan, thanks again for uh, coming on. Uh, this has been another episode of Maine Golf Talk. You guys can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Maine Golf Talk. And guys, we'll see you uh, next time.